0: So obviously at the very kind of baseline level, there's this idea, and I'll show just the sticker, you know, this this very foundational piece about respecting human beings, right? That is foundational to us, and we believe that. Finding engagement every day is, is a basic human right.
1: You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. This season is powered by sponsors AccuShield, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital, Salinity and The Bridge
2: Group Construction. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the Senior Living Podcast with Josh and Lucas. We want to welcome a great friend of ours, Charles from Linked Senior, and old people are cool. Welcome back to the program.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Lucas and Josh.
2: Well, we really appreciate uh, our partnership from this past season. We've accomplished a lot together and so uh, admire your team and y'all's approach and most of all your dedication to providing great services and information to older adults. There is a very specific topic we're going to dive into, a new term, I can't lie, Charles brought it to our attention, social prescription we're going to be talking about the meaning behind that and the reasons why it's important charles can you unpack this new verbiage for us
0: yeah thanks for uh thanks for asking the question because you know the, the concept of social prescription is something that's been existing for a while but it's essentially the idea that uh when we when we live you know like the the it's rooted in this concept of like the social determinants of health, which is the idea that everything related to psychosocial elements, like the non-medical piece, is is basically as important and actually many times more important than what a medical typical intervention can offer. So, you know, I'll give you an example that and I'm sure you've seen these videos, for example, when music therapy is applied to elders living with dementia, how much they wake up. Right. and that is that effect can last you know 24 36 hours and is obviously way better than what we might do sometimes unfortunately traditionally like um having antipsychotics or antidepressants so the idea of the social prescription is just giving uh in, enough importance to the world of engagement to the world of just meaningful um person-centered experiences and uh and in the end, it's, it's just simply about respecting who we serve by the, our, our elders.
1: Well, Charles, I'm not going to lie. Um, I had to Google the term. I know you said it had been around a while, but you always challenged me. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I love getting to spend time with you um, through all these years that we've gotten to know each other. But you, it seems like this idea uh, as you have described it, uh, the social prescription concept. Uh, you've can, been living by this for as long as I know you. So now that you've unpacked that a little bit, I'm like, well, this is who he is. This is who his company is. Uh, things like mm-hmm. old people are cool, linked senior, uh, activity strong, which I don't even think we mentioned yet, but sh- uh, that's been such an awesome. Um, piece of content that you guys and a group that you guys have built for our industry. But talk to us a little bit and frame that and how it has shaped what you are doing now through not only your companies but your
0: passion mm-hmm. projects. yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, you know obviously things mature over time, right? i I started Link Senior, I think fifteen years ago. I had no idea about the industry, had no idea about healthcare. And uh, you know, this this little French person coming to the US kind of believing in the American dream. But what I did see, you know, at the time, and I still see unfortunately too much, is how much potential there is to improve the lives of elders in, in senior living. And um how does that all tie together? I think that in in the end, it's simple. When you look at the data you know, pre-COVID, we know that residents were getting only 11 minutes of engagement a day in in the typical nursing home setting and in assisted living only 20 minutes a day. So obviously when COVID comes and then we have, when we have this huge staffing pressure, you know, we know places that unfortunately kind of tell us that they haven't engaged even 50% of their population. So what does that mean? It means that obviously these elders, unfortunately, are living kind of you know, a life that I wouldn't wish even my worst enemies, like, I mean, I, I couldn't go a day through not finding purpose. And I'm very lucky that I find purpose every day. But when you live a certain age with a certain degree of cognitive impairments, you need collaboration with a, uh, with a care partner, like, you know, like your family, or when you live in senior living, like uh, team members. So all of that to say that, you know, I've always been driven by the idea of improving the life of elders, because I've been lucky to have those people in my family that are elder and, and I've never been scared of old people but um the way it unfolded is just a passion to change this and you know I got very lucky where initially some of my some of our products weren't great but then we understood what it is that the team members tried to do and I think that with that came a better understanding of the structure uh, of our very it's still in very institutional industry you know, very medical healthcare-based uh, uh, industry. And I think that this idea of sexual prescription is just a natural progression of that. So obviously at the very kind of baseline level, there's this idea, and I'll show just a sticker, you know, this, this very foundational piece about respecting human beings, right? That is foundational to us. And we believe that finding engagement every day is, is a basic human right. So that's, you know, foundational number one. And then on top of that, you have this idea of, okay, so who's who serve and who collaborates with these individuals? And that is all of the activity and in life information professionals that we serve and beyond, which is why we started Activity Strong. I mean, I get up every day because I love what I do, but I am inspired every day by these individuals that show up at work, especially through a pandemic and just go to work, you know. Um and 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 and, go and engage elders really that are passionate about that. so that's second foundation. And then the third one is obviously link senior, what we do there? And so, link senior is all about empowering these individuals and making sure that every elder has meaningful engagement throughout the day. So now, when you look at the future, you know there's no question that the future will entail some aspect of this idea of social prescription where like the non-medical piece is respected enough as the medical piece. And so, you know, our, our passion at seen is enabling that as soon as possible. That's a long answer to your question, but essentially that's how things are driven. Um, and, you know, with that, there needs to be a very hard look at data and how data is used to advance that. So, you know, I'll just say one thing, one last thing here, which is we launched the first of its kind Resident Engagement Institute, and I know that you interviewed Dr. Jennifer Stelter with us uh, earlier this year. But it, that is our "quote unquote" stick in the ground to make that happen, which is basically it's exclusive to our clients. It's solely focused on accelerating that future that can already exist, which entails that uh, social prescription. And uh, you know, two data points that we are in the process of actively promoting in the marketplace, which is this idea of minute of resin per day. We believe that there should be a minute per resin per day measure somewhere, somehow. And we're gonna start by saying 35 minutes of resin a day, right? We think it's in that range, Uh, let us be wrong, let it be slightly more, slightly less, but it needs to be some kind of measurement. So that's measurement number one. And the second one is this idea of how much of your population are you engaging? And we believe that any operator today should say, you know, with confidence, We've engaged eighty-five percent of our of our residents. La- Yesterday, I talked to somebody who just said, "You know, we're engaging fifteen percent." I can't live with that every day. That needs to change. So that's what uh, that's what our passion is about.
1: Wow. Okay. So I have a million things going on in my brain right here, and I was trying to just bite my tongue and not interrupt you because sure. so many questions. So first of all, is the measure. Um personally, I was shocked to hear that eleven minute, and I think you said it was twenty or twenty one minute threshold for Correct. skilled nursing being the eleven the um the higher number being um, senior living. but in my mind, that's so shocking because you didn't say per hour you said per day, and um right. you know that when I hear that number, I just think, oh my gosh, if if I wasn't me personally in my day was not socially engaged or socially prescribed, so to speak. Um, yeah. To more than that, how different would my life look right now? What would my emotional and physical state just in the life I'm living right now? So that is very shocking to me. The next thing that I go to my, my main is my mind wants to know visually some image of how this looks. I want something tangible. So, in the crystal ball, and maybe it's not even that much of a crystal ball. You're so cutting edge with what you guys are doing there. You may already have a, this formalized for us, or have seen it in other places that you can share your experiences. But when I start thinking about the context of a senior, your average senior living community, and for the most part, while we have different levels of clinical teams that are in the communities, broadly speaking. Um, senior living communities typically aren't licensed to provide much health care services. Uh, they can do activities of daily living, but they're coordinating a word. I use coordinating a lot of care into the community from clinicians, uh, doctors and and so forth. Mm -hmm. When I see prescriptions, things prescribed like therapies, whether that be physical, occupational speech, uh, if I see um, pharmaceutical therapies, you name it, anything that is prescribed by typically a physician of some level, is that what it, is it going to be to that level where a a physician is going to be prescribing this to individuals and the community needs to develop a plan for that, or have I taken that too far?
0: Oh, no, no, it's it's very much in line. You know, it's very much in line. Um you know, in Europe we have models where a doctor feels comfortable can and actually does prescribe, for example, you know, walks in the forest or membership to the gym, for example, to help people um treat it with depression, right? And it it kind of makes sense. I mean it it seems natural when you think about it, but these are the models that we need to enable. Here in the US, when you um you know, For example, for Diabetes 2, there is a company in Baltimore called WellDoc that has an app, like, a, like an iPhone app, that's been proven to be more effective to manage your lifestyle positively than a physical pill, like a medication to help you manage Diabetes 2. So what that means, and that's been going on for now three years, four actually, that a doctor can actually write you a prescription saying, hey, go and buy this app, right? And the good thing for the doctor is not only do they feel better because they know that the app works, but it also, also shows adherence, right? Because there's reporting within the app that shows that the person has been doing these lifestyle recommendations. So, um, to, yes, yeah, so, so to answer your question, definitely. And then also, you know, the last thing I'll say is that this is happening right now. Um, you know, last year, I know, for example, in Wisconsin, a doctor had put an order for uh, a, a program called Music and Memory. I don't know if you're familiar with Music and Memory, but it's, it's a music therapy-based program. Um, so that definitely is happening right now. And and what you said is is uh, one of the functions that will happen.
1: Yeah. So you have launched over the last couple of years an initiative, I guess, would be the way I would refer to it, that um, brings the activity professionals life enrichment directors, uh, that group of people across the industry together, like nothing I've seen. Um, I know there's been a lot of people trying to do that, but you've been very successful through activity strong. You have those series that happen every month. You now have an executive series that's been going for the last year. So it's not just uh, life engagement, life enrichment and activities for the actu- actual activity professionals, but for the C-suite thought leadership on that as well. Do you see in the era, in this world of social prescription that is emerging, is the activity professional, will that person be the key to social prescription uh, being kind of lived out, fleshed out, carried out? Or is this more of a, a team approach or another individual on a senior livings team?
0: Um, no, it's, it's totally that profession. It's totally this individual. You know, we've always believed in this concept of the, uh, you know, the chief engagement officer, right? Um, I remember on the last episode, I quoted, uh, you know, Holly Camp, um, and you know, she's always said, "Why don't we have somebody at a corporate level that is responsible of engagement?" And we don't. Like most operators don't. And I think that the correct way of thinking about it is that that individual essentially is a CEO, as in a chief engagement officer. We need a CEO in every organization. And, you know, the, the, the best way to think about what needs to happen is we, uh, on one of our webinars, we had the uh, chief operating officer of Kendall, you know, Marvell Adam, Adams. And, you know, he tells a story, which I think is, is a great representation. If you walk into a community today and then you have a med tech you know, doing the rounds and providing medication. Most of us, and that probably includes me too too often, we'll go, oh, that's important work. Can't distract that person, right? I need something, right? Now, I turn to the corner, and there's an activity director doing kind of her or her or his work, which is doing a a group program. You know, most of us, unfortunately, are going to think, oh, that person, you know, the work isn't that important. I can interrupt. But the deal is both people are doing the same. The the work is as, as important, right? They're both delivering something extremely important. And so Marvell's case was that engagement is medicine, right? Engagement is as important as medicine. And I think that part of when you start to see these shifts, then what happens is that you have a truly um, what's called an interdisciplinary team approach, which is what we all need, especially when we have staffing crisis, like today. And so that driver is the driver of the organization uh, to create community of choice. And then that is when that's good for business, right? Because we know today that existing family members and prospective family members, the one thing they ask me the most for is social engagement, right? Is person-centered programming. So people are now realizing that that function is actually what is probably going to drive the biggest business, not a business for them in, in 2022 and beyond.
1: 2022, Lucas, Will social prescribing, social prescription now be the buzzword? I'm making a prediction after this podcast (laughs) drops. This becomes a buzzword in our industry. I see Charles and team leading the charge on this. I think social prescribing, as it becomes widely known, it's an accountability that helps us raise the bar in resident engagement and socialization. I'll tell you, just even having this conversation, I want to know right now in my communities what that resident engagement is. I want to know how much of my team, how much of my residents are engaged. And when I hear 85% engagement levels, and when I hear 11 and 20 or 21, that we need to even just get to 35, um, 11, and 20, to get to 35, that is, if if what we're doing right now is at that low level, we've got a long way to go and it's very exciting, challenging. Does your head spin a little bit on this?
2: Well, it gets me excited. The first thing I think about is more importantly than what I think To our listeners, what do you think about this? Because the people that are listening to this in this audience right now are the people that can actually impact these metrics. So to our Bridge the Gap listeners, We'd love to get your feedback on this. What about your community? Does this challenge you? Does this uh, make you think? Does this give you pause, or are you throwing some high fives around, going, "We're doing good. We're there. We're getting there, <laughs> and we and and we're well on our way." And many of you might need, uh, you know, Charles in your corner to help you get there. So we will definitely link to Charles and his organizations in the show notes, and we want to encourage you activities strong go back and listen to a couple of these episodes and stay in touch get on our newsletters we release the information when the shows come out uh the engagement is high the community is solid come and join us this is very information important information and so we want to hear from you on social and on our websites about this topic
1: absolutely um Charles, thanks for joining us today. I realize a huge part of our audience, our C-suite, our regionals, our decision makers. And oftentimes, we make the mistake of thinking, oh, this is life enrichment. This is life engagement. This is talking about activities. I'll save this one for the activity professionals. I'm going to go check out the next episode. You got it wrong. You just missed it culture and change starts with you. Whoever is listening to this, whoever's watching this, whoever's seeing the clips right now on social media, social prescribing, you need to make it part of your organization. I'm challenged right now to make it part of mine. Charles, thanks for joining us and always pushing us to be better.
0: Anytime, Josh. Thanks for having me
2: great to see you, Charles. Josh, good to see you as well. And to all of our listeners, thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap.
1: Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.